It's game day. Hello and welcome to Lockdown Lease Podcast. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano. No zoops today, just a solo pod for myself. However, I do have a special guest for the second and third segment. It's Marley's beat reporter, Harvard Ladd from the Pension Plan Puppets. So we're going to chat about the Marley's and, uh, you know, the baby buds, the future. Some really talented players down there. They're, they're off to a very hot start. So we'll get a good grasp on what's going on with the Marlies. That'll be coming up in uh, in the second and third segment. But first, I'm going to tee up the Philadelphia Flyers game going down tonight. This is night two of a back-to-back. They won last night in New Jersey. It was 4-3 in overtime. And for the first time all season, the Leafs are getting a team on the second night of a back-to-back. So they've... <laughs> Get to turn the tables the other way, and they finally get to try and take advantage of the tired team instead of being the tired team going into it. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I'm expecting big things out of the team, and JT might be back in action. He is a game-time decision. He talked to the media today saying that he was feeling pretty good, and if I am... Like, I'm not a doctor or anything like that, obviously, but based on what it sounded like, based on everything that they were saying, both him and Mike Babcock, I think he's going to be back in tonight, which is going to be huge. That being said, we are going to be missing a player, and it's Jake Muzzin. Out tonight due to personal reasons. I thought maybe he was going to be out due to the hit that he took late from Tom Wilson uh, or early in the game against Tom Wilson when they played the Washington Capitals. Took that hit when he was charged in the first period. It was called a Charlie horse, but apparently that is all cleared up and and he's going to miss one due to personal reasons. Not going to speculate. Don't want to do that. Uh, Not exactly sure why he's missing time. I'm sure it's important, Uh, but Jake Buzzin out for that one. I believe Martin Marincin, who apparently is on the trade block, is going to be checking back into this game. So, uh, and what that means, I think, is, (laughs) I mean, Travis Dermott, he's going to be thrusted into a position that we did not expect for him to be put into so early. I mean, he played just under 14 minutes in the last game, and uh, he's going to be playing a lot more than that. I don't think that was the plan when they first brought him up. I think they were going to hope to play him on the third pairing, but I I don't see them playing Marincin 16, 17, maybe 20 minutes. Uh, I I think that they'll kind of just, it's time to sink or swim for for Travis Dermott. I would expect for him to be on a lineup with Tyson Berry. Um, As of now, the lineups, line rushes have not come out yet, so I'm not exactly sure what they are. If you want to check out who is going to be playing who, you could always check out uh, Mark Masters on Twitter. Uh, He's usually pretty good with them. He posts them every single day. Uh, so you can you can check that out as long as as well as you know Chris Johnston uh, and, and many many other great beat reporters we have here on the Toronto beat. Um, so that that kind of clears up the the news and notes of going into tonight's game. Something that I really wanted to to, to bring up and kind of talk about going into tonight: the fact that this is the first game in November. The calendar has officially been switched over. October is gone. The Leafs finished the the October, the month of October, six five and three, and the fact that they are still in a playoff spot as of now is actually kind of, uh, to, it's a miracle really. You look at the schedule that they've had, the the injuries that they've had, uh, it's it's kind of crazy that they're that they've still kept their heads above water as much as they have, and now it seems like they're kind of starting to get healthy a little bit. JT's going to be back, Muzzin he's obviously out for personal reasons, but he'll be back pretty 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 shortly and Hyman expected to be back pretty soon as well so once you know I think October is now in the past and November is a good month for this Leafs team 
Why? Because Freddie Anderson comes alive in November. I went to go look at his game splits to see what the difference was. Because I know we always talk about, or it seems like he's always better in November. He's Mr. November, uh, and he gets off to a slow start. And I want to go back and look at the numbers and see if that actually is the case. Or is it just kind of our brain and our eyes playing tricks on us? But no, that's the case. Looking career-wise, in October, he is a he is a thirty and nineteen, so still a winning percentage. I mean, he's he's playing on really good teams, so that would make sense. But you look at his save percentage, nine eleven, and a two sixty nine goals against, and that's his October numbers right there. November, on the other hand, thirty six and fifteen, with a nine twenty six save percentage and a two forty two goals against. So that's fifteen save percentage points that that gets increased. And 27, yeah, 0.27 goals against the average difference there. And he's got an extra shutout in the month of November. So it's not just our, you know, imagination that we're thinking like, okay, Freddie is bad in October, so that's kind of done. November, it's wishful thinking. Let's hope that he turns it around. No, he seems to really start playing well in November. So, you know, a full healthy team plus a streaky Mr. November, Freddie Anderson, I'm excited for it. And it all starts tonight against the Flyers, uh, and I can't wait for it. Something that is kind of interesting about Philly, um, the goaltending has been interesting. I think going into the year, everybody thought that Carter Hart had solidified the net in Philadelphia, and they were going to be a playoff contender. They still may. I'm not saying that you know Philly is totally out of it because they're not really. I mean... It's it's November 1st. It's not quite uh, over yet. But in goals against, they're 18th in the league. Um, they've been scored on quite a bit. Uh, 17 goals in their last four games. And uh, since Carter Hart started in that last night against Jersey, presumably that would mean that Brian Elliott is going to play tonight against Toronto. And Brian Elliott, last time he was out on the ice, gave up a six spot to Pittsburgh without Evgeny Malkin. So I think Toronto's going to feast on this terrible goaltending that they've been in this goaltending funk, I guess we'll call it, that Philadelphia's been in uh, to start the year. So I think Toronto's going to end up scoring a lot of goals. And you look at keys to the game for me tonight, you know, JT, if he's back, he's got to get the power play going. One for eight on the power play the other night against Washington, not good enough. One for their last 14, not good enough. They got to get the power play going, and that is going to make this team uh, a lot stronger. Now, Philly coming into the game, pretty good penalty killing. Uh, they, they went into last night's game at least fourth in the league with an 85.3 PK. So it's going to be tough. They do have a good unit, but if they can get if they can get Tavares back and he can give them that little bump as the bumper roll, I think that they do score on the power play. And they can kind of get things rolling again because if that power play is going, man, this team is so much more fun to watch. And second key to the game, shots on goal. Pepper the goaltenders. Like I said, 17 goals in the last four games. Uh, They've got to have their confidence being shaken. So just go ahead and, and rip everything at these guys and pepper the tendies as much as you can. Third one, 60-minute effort. That's what the Toronto Maple Leafs are missing. They played pretty good in uh, in Washington. The first period was a little laggy, uh, the second period a little bit, but really that third period that they played against Washington, 
I thought was fantastic hockey. It was so much fun to watch. And if they could play that way consistently for 60 minutes, I think they win this hockey game. I really do. And I'm predicting the Leafs to defeat the Philadelphia Flyers tonight in Hockey Night in Canada by a score of 5-1. That's my prediction. 5-1 Maple Leafs. Book it. There it is. <laughs> oh, man. So when I'm by myself, I don't realize that I ramble as much, but I, I had to sit there and ramble because there's no one to have a conversation with. So I apologize if that was just a very long-winded me trying to maneuver myself through this little segment, but I, I hope that I got my points across here. Really, I think Toronto, the fact that, you know, the, the even Austin Matthews said that, you know, it seems like it was just a bad month and they got to find their identity, and now that the calendar has turned over, this gives them a chance to kind of have a refresher. You know, they've had three off days in a row to kind of just – sit back and get ready to go. So I think that with the off days, they've kind of rested up. They're getting a little bit healthier um, mentally and physically. It seems like they're going to be a lot better for tonight's game against the Flyers. So really looking forward to it. Uh, coming up next, like I said, I'm going to have a conversation about the Marlies with Harvard Ladd. So I hope you enjoy that one coming up in just a few moments. All right, welcome back to Locked On Leafs Podcast here. Mike DiStefano, and I am not joined by the Zoobs right now. I am joined by Heart of Lad, writer for the Pension Plan Puppets, uh, Marley's beat reporter. You can find him on Twitter, at Heart of Lad. How's it going, man? Pretty good. How are you doing? Not too bad, not too bad. Uh, you were just uh, watching the Marleys, and they had a pretty entertaining third period, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they were just, they were like slightly below water for the first and second periods. They were down, and then they just woke up. Like shot twenty two shots in the, in the third period, bunch of scoring chances, four goals. He ended up winning the game against the Belleville Senators seven four. It was a crazy night, a lot nice. of fun. Nice, love to see that. Love to hear the baby buds doing really well. Um, yeah. And that's really what I want to have you on to talk about. How are the baby buds doing? You know, we're 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 kind of looking looking towards the future a little bit at some of these players, and that's kind of what I want to kind of start off with. You know, off to a super hot start. What's been the recipe for success here for the team? Yeah, they've been doing pretty well. Uh, I'd say the results are obviously very good through nine games. Uh, 7-0-2, uh, second in the division right now behind Utica, who's got off to an amazing start, 8-0-0 uh, to start the year. But, uh, yeah, they've been really good. Uh, strong on offense. They are three, four lines deep out of forward. I'd say they're four lines deep with the quality of players they have at, at each line. Um, their first line, like through through the fourth line, uh, all of them have really been uh, producing really well. The defense has also been quite uh, quite good. Um, we'll probably get into this a little bit more as well, and as well as Kasimir Kaskiswo in net, he's been very good for the team so far. Uh, they've not been the best defensively in terms of just quality of chances given up. Uh, their defense is still a little porous, um, just in some in certain areas, especially on the penalty kill. Uh, they haven't been great. Well, I will say they ha- they had a really good penalty kill to start the year. They were perfect for, I think it was about the first six games, but then they've kind of slowed down and given up more chances. And Kaskiso has really been a big part of um, the least turnaround. And um, it's been quite surprising. Uh, he was a sub-900 goalie last year. Didn't really show very much in terms of anything to be like an NHL, AHL starter or an NHL backup, but 
he's been pretty good so far, a good start to the year. Hopefully he can build off that because he had a really awful start uh, last year. So, um, yeah, he's been very good. Um, the whole uh, Igor Korshkov has been amazing. He's been a very real revelation to start the year. Uh, he's basically uh, really just owned the Leafs power play. He, uh, sorry, the Marlies power play. He uh, is the guy in front of the net. He's, I think he scored like I think six or seven goals so far. Uh, he was over a goal a game to start the season uh, through like the first six games. Uh, he's been amazing as well uh, in front of the net, uh, tipping pucks, uh, getting chances in front, rebounds. Uh, and uh, yeah, tonight uh, Jeremy Bracco as well. Uh, woke up. Uh, he got his first goal of the year. He's been quite quiet on the first line, but he's starting to get going. So encouraging, uh, encouraging stats to see for sure. Definitely. You know, you mentioned Korshkov. He's one of the players that, you know, at the end of the Leafs camp, he had a couple of strong games throughout training camp and people were kind of considering maybe Korshkov could end up winning a spot mm. uh, along the fourth line there, but uh, ended up going to Dmitry Timoshov who's looked pretty good so far, which kind of brings me to my next question. Uh, any under-the-radar guys that kind of like Timoshov this year and and and, uh, and Trevor Moore last year who aren't really the big names out on the radar, kind of like the Sandines, the Broncos, the Korshkovs, that are playing really well this season that may end up getting a sniff with the Maple Leafs sometime in the next year or two? Yeah, for sure. Uh, among the young players, uh, we just talked about Korshkov. I think he should definitely play NHL games this season. I think he's that good. Uh, I am not. Sh- I'm, I wonder when they'll uh, make that change at some point. I assume possibly in the new year. Uh, but he's definitely a player who could come up, play on that first power play, and play really well for them. I think they need that kind of body up front, uh, especially on the power play. Not No uh, credit to Janssen, of course. Um, as for other players, uh, Pierre Engvall has been amazing. I've been a big proponent of him and his skills. Uh, he's become a center now. Uh, after last season, he moved over to center midway through the year. Uh, he's doing much better, going on face loss, penalty kill, power play. He's got a great shot. He's amazing in front of the net. He's got a bit of a nasty side, which is really nice to see. And uh, yeah, he's a good use some of that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and uh, size and speed and skill, right? That's all you need in hockey. Um, he's got tons of that. Uh, good playmaker. He'll drive. The, uh, he can drive play quite well. Uh, I think he ha- he also has the tools to make this uh, take the jump. I've been saying for a couple of years now that I think Engvall has a real chance to come up and, you know, be a fourth liner, third liner, potentially um, following follow the footsteps of Trevor Moore. I think he's 24, which is what Moore was last year. So, uh, yeah, he's been great. Uh, big fan of Pontus Aberg as well. Him and Engvall have been line mates all year. Um, yeah, uh, those guys have been great. Uh, I also could possibly, you could possibly see uh, Tyler Goddard, who's one of the veterans, uh, he has been a great center for the team so far at the start of the year, moving between the first and second lines. Um, he's also an option. The Marlies have lots of options for the Leafs uh, this year. The uh, the management did a really good job of finding guys over the course of the summer with Aberg and Agostino, Garrett Wilson, all those guys to you know fill out the depth and have options for the coaching staff. Yeah, I thought that the Leafs did a good job. They went out and signed a bunch of guys. I think last year they got into a situation where they had to to call up some people and they weren't exactly sure, you know, how they were going to play in this season. They're like, well, if we have to make any call-ups or any injuries, we want to make sure that we have 
a big Rolodex of players that we can call on and bring up, and it seems like they do have that. Um, you know, we, we chatted about guys like Engvall and Korshkov, who are players who are surprising us, but what we really want to get down to is the guys who are supposed to be really good players for the Leafs in the future, and that's what I really want to talk to you and, and get your sense on it. Sandine sent down just a few weeks ago. Uh, what's your opinion of him? Obviously, he was with the team last year, and he's been there now for a couple of weeks. Uh, have you noticed any difference in Sandine's game from last year to this year? Uh, I think it's been a lot of what what he was last year. Uh, he's bigger. I think uh, he's. I think he sees ice really, really well. He's very, very good in that scenario. You know, he moves right right from the uh, to the from the NHL to the AHL. He moved right into the first power play penalty kill. Uh, he's the number one guy for sure. Um, he's been really great. Really good puck moving, facilitating the ice. I think he in his own zone, he's been a lot quieter, which I think is a good thing. Uh, you want your guys in the defensive zone to not be noticeable you don't want them to stick out uh so i think he's been good there i think he's starting to improve probably needs some more time to just get his legs going again just to get used to the hl game a little bit um he had some up and down games but i think he's really starting to settle in um yeah i think he's been great there was one game where he was split up from timothy lilligren which sparked some questions and we weren't sure what was going on for uh, right then i think it may have been a chance for them to kind of split up their pairs so that they have someone who's like a number one guy on two pairs to match up against some forwards against New Jersey, uh, so Binghamton. Uh, Binghamton. And, uh, yeah, so he's been really good, uh, as is Lilligren. Uh, in terms of Lilligren, because there's been so many, you know, it, there's some people who are saying that he could still be a top four player who can, who can kind of quarterback mm-hmm. a power play, and then there are those who are saying he's a fringe NHLer. What's your perception on, on Lilligren so far throughout his career? I don't think anyone gave him enough credit for his game for his uh, game last year. Uh, he was amazing. Like he was a number one defenseman playing with Kylie Rosen uh, all season long. Uh, played through like he had an injury midway through the year, a high ankle sprain, which is not easy to get through. If people remember uh, Morgan Riley's injury a couple years ago. It it takes a lot out of you. But Lilligren has been incredible for the team. Uh, he is really really good defensively. I really liked how he plays in his own zone and uh, against rushes and again in transition. Uh, he's really good at breaking up plays, knowing where to be, battling hard, fighting hard for the puck, being in the right position, getting to the right spots. I think he's really, really good defensively. He learned so much last year playing next to Kali Rosen, um, where Rosen did a lot more of the offense. I feel like um, well, when Rosen was, you know, was the guy carrying the puck, he was a top three defenseman in the AHL for pretty much the entire year until he got called up. Um, I feel like with Lilligren, when he's on a line with someone else who uh, does the offense, he kind of lets them take over in that in that area. And because you only have one puck, so you can't both be carrying the puck all the time. So you have to kind of split it up. And wh- the way the system works, I think Lilligren kind of gets buried a little bit. Uh, and I'm speaking about Rasmus Sandin right now. I think Sandin gets the puck all the time. He's the one moving it up, and that's not a bad thing. But it kind of um, takes away from Lilligren's development, I think. I think offensively, he kind of has been um, neglected a little bit uh, on the offensive side, and I think this season, at least for the very first six games when, um, or for the first three games when Sandy wasn't there, um, he was the one carrying the offense. You saw that spark of offense, first power play. I think he's, like, he's got a couple goals on the, on the power play. They won off the power play as well. Really good defensively. He's been the first, He's been the number one defenseman for the team so far, as well as Sandine. Um, 
first power play, first penalty kill. He's now been moved off the first power play because they want Sandine there. But I really think Lilligren, if given the chance, can be as good as Sandine, in my opinion. And he's a right shot. So he definitely has that top four potential. Well, uh, right shot defenseman always going to be needed in the NHL. So, you know, fingers are going to be crossed for a lot of Leaf fans, hoping that both of these kids can pan out. And if Lilligren does end up becoming a top four guy, I mean, they kind of need it to happen quick, too, because next year they only got two defensemen under contract. So both Sandine and most likely Lilligren are going to kind of be thrusted into a position where they're going to have to play a lot of minutes. So hopefully Lilligren takes this year, ends up getting the development that he needs, and will be able to contribute to the Leafs next season. Looking forward to seeing him. Uh, Something else that you brought up earlier that uh, you said we'll probably touch on, and of course we're going to touch on it because it's a bit of a touchy subject for a lot of Leafs fans, and that's goaltending, and more specifically (laughs) the backup goaltender position. Michael Hutchinson, although, you know, like I've said on this podcast many times, he's kind of been left out to dry a lot. I don't think he's played excruciatingly bad like the numbers say he is uh, with his like sub 800 save percentage and, and, and plus three goals against. But at the same time, he just isn't getting the job done. Now, looking at the numbers, it seems like Kaskasuo and Joseph Wall both are playing pretty well so far in the AHL. Could you see either of those two supplanting Hutchinson if need be? Um, well, going, starting with Hutchinson, I watched him last season mm-hmm. with the team. Uh, he was really good for them. He really solidified the goaltending uh, when Kaskisuo and Sparks um, – oh, no, not, sorry, not Sparks, but Kaskisuo kind of – really struggled to find his game. Uh, he had a slow start, and it kind of just never got, got going until the playoffs. Um, yeah, I really like I really like Hutch. Uh, he got his chance. He didn't really make anything of it. Um, I agree with you in that he looked better than the results have been showing, but when you're a backup goaltender, results are what it, what they are, and I think in his three or four games, I forget how, I forget how many, uh, yeah, he's been, you know, he just hasn't gotten the, he hasn't gotten the job done. Um Talking about Keskisuo, um, I don't know. I, looking at him last year, looking at his total body of work, uh, we now have scoring chances uh, in the AHL. Uh, over the summer, they started to implement um, allowing public shot data. So we have shot location data for the AHL. So I'd be interested to see you know, the quality of chances that he's been, he's been given uh, to uh, stop against. Uh, I don't know. I still feel like it's early. I don't think Keskisuo is in the running. For, the, for an NHL job. Uh, he's been good so far this season. The Marlies have been giving up a lot of scoring chances, to be, to be honest, and he's been doing really well against them. Uh, I just, uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure he can make the jump up. I don't think he has quite the caliber, especially last season, all of last year. He really struggled. He never got his game going. Um, goalies are obviously streaky, but it was, sure. just, it was a really bad season for him, uh, so I don't know. Uh, they might give him a shot, but I don't think they should. I think they should probably go find someone else who's a bit more established. Uh, this is a winning year for the Leafs. They need to make sure they have a, a competent backup. Uh, Louis Domingue was traded, uh, as we're recording this today, uh, for a seventh-round pick to New Jersey. So uh, goalies can be had. So I wonder what the Leafs do. I don't think Kaskiso is the fit because he he had one good year in Chicago when he was loaned out there. But last year was really bad, and uh, – yeah, I don't, I'm not sure. I don't think his rebound control is great. Uh, he gives up a lot, but yeah, I'm not sure. I don't don't think he's he's quite got it. Marley fans are big fans of him, though. They love him a lot, 
and I got to respect that for sure. Yeah, it's a fun name to say too, Kaskisuo, <laughs> Kaskisuo. Yeah. It's Kaskimir Kaskisuo. It, it took a little bit to learn how to say it when he when the Leafs first brought him in. Uh, yeah. It was like I'm sorry, Casco, what? <laughs> but yeah, then uh, you know you get it, you get a good feel for it, and now it's just fun to say. Um, yeah, we, we call him Kaz whenever we're talking in in games and stuff. It's probably uh, a lot easier to yeah, do. Yeah, fans call him Kaz. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but the other goaltender, Joseph Wall, is a kid who was taken mm. the third round a few years ago by the Leafs, and many kind of are projecting him that he could be an NHL quality goaltender. Obviously, still super young. It's his first year out of college, so this is his first year in the pros. I'm totally not saying that maybe he's the answer and backup goaltender. Certainly not at such a young age, but. Do you see something that you like there where he could potentially be an NHL quality goaltender at some point in his career? <laughs> yeah, it's early. It's really early. Um, he's only played three games so far. Uh, I'm trying not to judge it very much on anything. Uh, he plays the back halves of back-to-backs. Uh, so they've been doing what the Leafs have been doing mm. uh, in that the uh, Kaskisu gets, gets the first game. Uh, we'll get the second game, and if there's a three and three, then Kaskisu will get the thir- it will get the third. I think that'll change. That never ends up being the case for the full season. Um, they'll get like the backup more games. They'll kind of end up splitting in. You'll get a lot. You'll get very much like a 60-40 or 55-45 kind of split in the goaltending by the end of the year, because uh, you know goalies always move around. It's never going to be static for a whole year. Uh, but yeah, I like Wool. I think he's good. He's got a really good frame. He's got a good size. He's got good movement. He's really really quick. Uh, he, move, he knows how to move around in the net. I think he's not quite there with his um, positioning. I think he still gets intimidating, a little, intimidated a little bit when he's facing rushes because in the AHL, it's, it's really quick. Uh, they come on you really fast compared to college, for sure. Um, a lot of players, when they come between the Marlies and the Leafs, they'll come back to the Marlies and they'll say, yeah, the pace in the NHL is not that much different. It's just that the players are on you quicker. Um, so that really says a lot about goaltending uh, in that, you know, the shot quality, oh, I think the shot quality is higher, but I think the speed of the players coming at, at, at goaltenders isn't that much different. So I think he's been good. I think he's been okay. Um, I just haven't seen enough out of him because he hasn't played enough because uh, it's still really early in the year. But uh, other goalies that are, you know, have been very high picks like Carter Hart and um, some guy, I think there's a player in Washington uh, who is a rookie that came up. Samsonov. Um, yeah, Samsonov. They've had options. They've had other young players around the league who have come up when they're young. Um, let's see what Wool does this season. We'll see what happens after that. But uh, I think he has a chance to uh, be the guy after Anderson if they, if they choose not to resign him. Um, but it's, it's a couple years away, so we'll see. It's So far, so good, though. He's, I think he's 2-0-1 to start the year, two wins. Um, yeah, pretty, pretty okay. Around 900 in, in terms of save percentage. All right, man. Really appreciate you taking the time. Uh, real quick, just want to get your thoughts on the Marley season going forward. Should we start planning a parade here? Does this seem like a team that's going to be able to get themselves the Calder Cup trophy for the second time in three years? Oh, man. Uh, it's going to be a long year. I think, man, I have no idea. Uh, we'll see what happens when they get Mason Marchman, who's still injured, Cali uh, Calcilla, who's also still injured. Uh, Adam Brooks is also injured. We'll see what happens when they have a full lineup and whatever moves the Leafs make. I honestly feel like this year the Marlies really changed their philosophy, or the Leafs changed their philosophy on the Marlies in that they've gone from uh, having a development team who's really, really good to having just, you know, a fifth, sixth, and seventh line for the Leafs. So we'll see what happens. They have a chance. They really, really, they really do have a chance. Um, I wonder what their defense is going to do. I don't think they've been quite that great. 
uh, beyond Sandy and Lilligren. Um, ben Harper is on the third pair at this point. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I, I don't know <laughs> if anyone's been noticing that, but he's been dropping down the lineup. How's Jordan um, Smoltz played, actually? Because he was somebody when yeah. er, when he got tra- uh, when he got traded to Toronto. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, he could compete for a third-pairing minutes. Has he looked all right? I think he could. Uh, I honestly think he could. He's, uh, to put it lightly, I think he's been carrying the load between him and Harper. Um, <laughs> he's carrying the puck. He's doing the defensive duties. Harper is just hanging around there, kind of just being on the on the left side, so... Uh, I really like um, Schmaltz. I think he's been quite good. Him and Harper haven't been getting every single game so far. I think they've been trying to get in some of the younger guys uh, on defense. Um, uh, Tristan DeRubens and uh, Jesper Lindgren and and, uh, the players like that. Yeah, I've liked Harper. I I think, uh, sorry, not Harper, I mean Schmaltz. I like him a lot. I think he could probably do something on the lease, if not this year, but maybe next year. Uh, It was a good trade. They got a right-handed guy for Borgman who... Uh, you know, was kind of stuck down the lineup um, all for last year. So, yeah. Good stuff, man. Really appreciate it. Once again, uh, if you like what you heard, there's more of that out of uh, Hardvid Lad uh, on Twitter. He's also a writer for the Pension Plan Puppets, the Marley's Beat writer. And really, thank you for uh, coming out and uh, giving us your time here for Lockdown Leafs. No problem. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, no problem. Hopefully, we'll uh, we'll definitely, maybe we'll become... A monthly thing. We'll do a Marley's yeah. report on a, on a monthly basis, kind of catch up with you and what's going on with, with the baby buds. Yeah, I'm into that. You know, right. It's November 1st, of course. Exactly. <laughs> so maybe December 1st, pencil it in, mark it down in your calendar, <laughs> and we'll uh, we'll touch back base with you again then. Awesome. Thanks, man. Have a good one. Bye-bye. All right, well, that's going to do it for us here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Lockdown Leafs podcast on all podcast platforms. Receive daily Leafs content. Follow the show on Twitter at Lockdown Leafs. Follow myself at Mickey underscore Canuck. And follow Zoobs at the underscore Zoobs. And go ahead and follow our new friend of the show, Heart of Lad, at Heart of Lad from the Pension Plan Puppets. Go ahead and read his work as well. It's uh, fantastic. And be sure to check back in here on Monday. We'll be sure we'll be recapping the game against the Flyers. But until then, keep locked right here on Locked on Leafs.